Hold on to your butts. Hello and welcome to episode 50 of the Reviewed Movie Podcast. I am Ivan Cannon. Oh, hey. And as always, I am joined by my two handsome, intrepid, debonair co-hosts, Dave Glanz and Mike Morandi. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, hello gentlemen. gentlemen. And this is the podcast where we talk about classic movies in a modern cinematic context. And this is, as I said earlier, our 50th episode, Yay. the big 5-0, and will probably be our last episode of Ever. the year. Ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, of the year. Of the year. <laughs> Mike's just looking for a reason to get out of this. Gotta get out of here. The world ends. When I sent him that email about two years ago, he had no idea what he was getting himself into Mm. and the commitment that would result. Um, And this is, uh, on today's episode, we are going to be in honor of a lot of things of our 50th uh, episode and the fact that Star Wars is returning to theaters uh, in a couple days from now. We are going to be talking about the movie that started it all, um, Star Wars uh, A New Hope, episode four. Do we have to call it A New Hope? The yes. Star Wars. Yes, Dave. We can you just do. call it Star Wars. It's just Star um, Wars. Before I get into uh, uh, the meat and potatoes of this episode, a couple of business things to take care of. Uh, first and foremost, if you want to reach us on the web, you can do so at reviewedpodcast.com, and you can find us at facebook.com slash reviewedcodcast. And you can- wait, wait, wait. Would you just say slash reviewed Comcast? Yeah, don't do that. That's how if you want to review Comcast on Yelp and give them bad reviews for their customer service. Reviewed podcast. So Facebook.com slash reviewed podcast. There we go. And uh, if you want to email us, you can do so at contact at reviewedpodcast.com. And I bring up the email because we have some, uh, we got a couple emails about last uh, episode, uh, which was American Beauty, which was quite a divisive episode, both in Facebook comments about it Mm -hmm. and in emails I received uh, about it. Death threats. (laughs) All those death (laughs) Graffiti on my apartment. I'm Mendez, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's a big fan of the show. Um, I wanted to read uh, a little bit of an email from Shahir Dowd, who was a guest in this podcast for our Terminator episode, the episode where we butchered it and made him sound terrible um, because it had it all had kinds of weird audio stuff, effects. Huh? Um, but Shahir has his own podcast um, called The Only Podcast About Movies, which I've been binge listening to as of late. Um, and uh, he wanted he wrote in about American Beauty, a film that he considers part of a uh, incredible lineup of movies that came out in 1999, which we briefly touched upon. So I wanted to quickly read, uh, I'm not going to read all the email, but a portion of it. Um, and he says this, Rewatching the film after listening to you guys, I'm surprised to think that American Beauty ranks alongside Crash as a supposedly cringe-inducing memory of an era. Yes, Annette Bening's performance feels a little big. Yes, it does, she hear. But it also works to give the film a heightened reality, and Allison Janney's almost catatomic, catatomic performance works as a nice counterbalance. Similarly, Ricky's plastic bag monologue feels dated, but the way in which he uses videotape to find beauty seemed to reflect our Rodney King and Sex Lies and Videotape obsession with the proliferation of the home video at the time. This was a teenager who saw the world for what it was. Of course, he was a writer's invention, but he works perfectly to give perspective. Finally, the writing is so beautifully ordered and succinct that every moment lands, no matter how contrived it might feel. Watching Colonel Fitz's personal revelation of his own homosexuality, I'm amazed at how the scene manages to be subtle and carry profound weight. Compare this scene with any revelation to Paul Haggis's crash, which opts to spell out its subtext through dialogue, and you can see the stark contrast of a film which knows how to make a moment work versus another which simply has moments. And I think that's a really beautiful encapsulation of a pro argument for why American Beauty deserves to be um, remembered and recommended. And I I think this movie is devices for a variety of reasons. Um, 
And I did you listen, Dave? Did you listen to the um, uh, the Canon's review of yeah, American man, Beauty? Yeah, Devin Faraci just hates that movie, and he hates it, right? And <laughs> yeah, as I was really listening it. to it, and in contrast to what we talked about, um, it kind of made me mad how upset he got about that movie, and I think he was unfair to how poorly he was treating it. So I think this movie, um, while not perfect, I think still deserves to be acknowledged uh, somewhat. And just I just a little big for a satire, maybe. Maybe I don't know. I don't know something like that. I don't know. It's a it's a it's a movie that probably got more acclaim than it deserved at its time, but it's one that I still think uh, deserves uh, some of that. Some I mean, it's possible yeah. that if it hadn't been such a hit with the Academy and and, and a, I guess a commercial success, you may look at, back at that movie and think, "Wow, people should and really watch I American think, Beauty." Dave, it's funny that you say that. I think that is an amazing transition to our discussion oh. of Star Wars. <laughs> a a little indie cult following a Star little, Wars. A little yeah. indie cult following. Star Wars. Luke Skywalker was just a farm boy until he received a mysterious message from a princess. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. She's beautiful. Star Wars, starring Mark Hamill. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? Harrison Ford. Boring conversation anyway. Luke, we're gonna I think we took a wrong turn. Carrie Fisher. Good luck. Alec Guinness. You can't win, Darth. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. 20th Century Fox presents the most extraordinary motion picture of all time, Star Wars. Here's where the fun begins. No legendary adventure of the past could be as exciting as this romance of the future. Here they come. May the Force be with you in Star Wars. Now, I mentioned that uh, that's a great transition, Dave, because Star Wars is this thing now that is so big and so popular that we have lived in the society where when something becomes so big and popular, it can only, um, it sparks derision, right? Like Mm -hmm. people like hating on the thing that is mega popular and they like kind of tearing that down a notch. And I think Star Wars went through this period where it went from beloved uh, science fiction film Mm-hmm. to the prequels happened mm-hmm. and went to... <laughs> they didn't, no, they did not. They never <laughs> happened. But they did, Mike. Let's be honest. Damn it. Mm-hmm. They did. And what ended up happening was uh, Star Wars started getting criticism and George Lucas became this giant punching bag for people um, in a lot of ways. So we are going to dive deep in on the eve, pretty much the eve of... Um, uh, a Force Awakens, Wars. the new yes. Star Wars movie directed by J.J. Mm-hmm. Abrams. The start of a new trilogy. We're going to dive into this 1977 film. 77, right, yeah. Dave? Oh, yeah. 77 mm-hmm. film, A New Hope. Um, Dave, I'm going to get to you. I know this movie has a profound impact on your life. I know that your daughter is now obsessed with Star Wars. <laughs> As I know, she should Not be. even three years old. I, I know that this movie... Um, probably speaks a lot to your childhood in a lot of ways and how you grew up. Um, and I'm going to go to Mike first because I'm most interested in what he thinks about Star Wars and how he came to Star Wars and like what his um, familiarity with the series is. But before I do that, a lot of work to get through in this show. Sorry. What, what is Star Wars if you're, if you're an idiot and have been living under <laughs> don't, a Don't do this. Don't do this. You don't have to be an idiot. Don't you know what? Pro- our, n- our nanny today, Julia's nanny, didn't know who Luke Skywalker was. Oh, my God. <laughs> Julia, Julia, my daughter, was telling her. So this is, yeah. this is, she was pointing Thank a little you. action figure. Luke Skywalker. <laughs> anyway. So, Mike, 
Um, the Star Wars, this film, when did you first see it? Did you enjoy it when you were growing up? And now in revisiting it, how do you feel about Star Wars as a franchise? Um, I don't remember when I saw it. I feel like it was always a part of me. I feel like maybe I saw it as like, I, I would fetus? actually have to say as a, as a fetus, perhaps, maybe as a, even a sperm cell. I don't know. Probably. No, I, I don't. I, uh, I first saw it, I think it was probably fourth grade, I think is probably when, third or fourth grade, um, relatively young and loved it immediately. It was something my dad and I kind of, I thought oh, watched it as a family. I thought you like were not familiar with Star Wars oh, at God, all. Oh okay. God, no, 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 no. It was, it was huge uh, for me as a kid. I think my, uh, I think we watched it as a family film, but it was mostly my dad and I that were like really into it. So like we would we kind of like hang out together and talk about it. Like, oh man, this is so cool. Look at that. That's cool. My brother and my mom would kind of watch it and be like, yeah, all right, it's fine. Um, but even my brother has an, a certain appreciation for it. He's not into um, science fiction movies, but I think even he has an appreciation for what Star Wars is and uh, the entertainment it has and all that stuff. Um, so I think it was, yeah, very influential growing up. I think it was always kind of a part of my life. And I just recently... Uh, rewatched it actually. I gotta say, maybe a couple months ago, because my girlfriend has never seen it, so that was not going to work out if if, <laughs> if she had never seen it. So we had to rectify that immediately. So we did. Um, went and through. You're and, no longer uh, together anymore. So that's right. Weird. Yeah, yeah. We got into an argument about the Ewoks. Just didn't, couldn't, couldn't mend that at all. And uh, no, but the, I, I, it's a great movie, and I really stand by that. I'm not going to. It'd be foolish of us to any any one of us to sit here and criticize it. Um, Ooh, but I think, okay. yeah, but I think there's, I think there's definitely like, there's little things here and there that I think that, um, I, I think for its time, it was forgiven a lot of stuff. We, we kind of always say that when we look at movies here, like we, we watch them at its time, it had a lot of errors that were kind of ignored because that's what we're going to par for the course. And I think, um, I think the special effects, is it fair to even talk about them? I think so because um, it's such so I think, a landmark I special like, effect movie. Yes. Yeah. I feel like it does so many things right but a lot of those things don't quite hold up. And I do want to address Lucas's... Did you watch the special editions? Is that what you watched? Well, there's no yes. other one you can really... Unless you really try hard. Yeah, I want, I want to discuss that because I want to talk about him going back in and how some of the effects actually, the ones he puts in actually work pretty well. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about this actually. Mm-hmm. And how some of them are just, just so out of place and unnecessary and frustrating. It's a mixed bag in my opinion, yeah. but we'll get yeah. into that. Um, um, but okay. no, I think like, yeah, I think, I think there's some... There's some uh, acting, directing things. I love Mark Hamill. I think he does some, some great voice voice acting and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, again, this is probably one of his first movies at this point, right? Uh, Mark, uh, Mark Hamill, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So I think there's it's definitely like everybody's some. Everybody's first movie on right, 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 right. Um, I think he has some issues. I think with the acting and delivery of certain lines. Um, Mark Hamill, yeah, yeah. Um, Harrison Ford, fantastic. What, what, you can't <laughs> say anything about bad about him. I feel like he's probably one of the reasons why that movie got so successful. I, I believe, but. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's all I can say for right now. We'll kind of pick back up. I think it's, I think it's good. Uh, I'm glad it got as successful as it did. Um, I'd like to talk about why we think it did get so successful because I feel like it doesn't make sense logically to me. Because I think it's kind of an indie sci-fi weird movie. Like, what about it? Do you think drew people to it? Um, well, let's let's jump to Dave. Um, yeah, just thinking about the movies that came before it, it's like there wasn't anything that was really popular in the same way as Star Wars was. was right, there. even to this day, the fact yeah. that something and, like that, like, and, and Dave, well, to this day, definitely, I would say, and yeah. Dave, you're you're a total Star Wars kid. Like, you had Star Wars bed sheets, right? Yeah, I had. And everything. you had every action figure. <laughs> I mean, right? it came out at exactly the right time for me. I was, I mean, it, well, no, maybe a little bit earlier. No, you're but, no, you're you're absolutely right. Like. Dave is like the era of Amblin movies yep. in Star Wars. Yeah. And um, what is your experience with So we're with finally this revealing on this podcast that I'm not actually 73, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm actually just close to 40. So, yeah. Pretty I, much the same. <laughs> so it, it came out in 77. I was born in 76. And, and 
the only way I could have seen this movie in theaters, and I know I saw this movie in theaters because I have vivid memories of seeing it, is on re-release. They must have, you know, in, in the old days, they did, I guess they didn't make as many movies. They didn't have as many movie theaters. So the movies that were successful, they would re-release. Like well, Disney well they, movies. Did, they did a massive re-release in two, uh, 1997. Yes, but this was different. Okay. They used to do, the way they used to do with, uh, I think, Disney movies, they would just re-release them in theaters just to make more money. And I think, uh, I, I must have been, I, I wish my father were here, he could tell me, but I must have been three or four it must have been right before The Empire Strikes Back came out. They must have been wanting to capitalize on, you know, the it's fact cool. that, that that movie was coming out and Star Wars was successful. And if we release it, people are going to go see it. And they're probably kids like yours truly. Like you. That haven't seen it in the theater and have been reading the storybook for the past two years. Um, so that was one, that was kind of my first exposure to Star Wars was through, uh, like, storybooks and pictures and toys and Coloring that kind of books. stuff. Probably. I don't know. I don't have a coloring books, but I do have the original Star Wars storybook that my daughter is obsessed with reading. Uh, the pages are falling out. Actually, you're, had you're two... raising her right, Dave. I do need to say that. You're, you're doing it, doing it right. <laughs> it's weird. She she brought up Star Wars. I hadn't told her anything about it. My, my Michelle, my wife, hadn't told her anything it's about it. It's never too just... early to talk to your kids about Star Wars. Hey, she just, somehow she knew it. There's, uh, you know, it's if, the force, if, man. If you're ever going to believe in subliminal advertising, now is the time because she must have heard about it through something. And uh, now we, she wants to watch the original Star Wars all the time, which is what we're talking about today. So I remember seeing this in the theaters with a couple friends, Ethan and Jason, if, if you're out there. And uh, Darth Vader was in the lobby, and uh, it was at this giant theater in downtown Pittsburgh. And I, I knew everything that was going to happen already. When you say Darth Vader was in the lobby, you kind of glossed over that. Do you mean like a cardboard <laughs> cutout? <Did> someone <laughs> James, dressed up as well, him? James Earl Jones James... and David Prowse were both in the lobby. And yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> James Earl Jones on David Prowse's shoulders. Well, it was terrifying. I was a kid and I saw Darth Vader in the lobby. I remember. But what do you mean? Is it a cardboard cutout? What are you talking no, about? No, no. A guy dressed up as Darth Vader okay. was in the okay. lobby. And uh, yeah, I guess movies have changed. You don't, you don't really see that kind of thing anymore. <laughs> but um, anyway. Yeah, so I remember I knew everything that was going to happen in the movie. I, I kept asking my dad, when do the, when do the uh, sand people come? When do the sand people come? You know, I remember Star Wars, the words appear on screen, and, and I had seen maybe one movie in the theater before, but it was so loud and so just uh, kind of an all-encompassing experience that I remember hiding under the seat uh, during different things. Yeah. I mean, when you're small enough a kid, you can hide under yeah, a movie yeah. theater seat. So, uh, yeah, it was, I, you know, I remember it very well. And then it played on HBO probably was the next time I saw it. And, and uh, we watched it with, with friends would come over. And I remember the HBO. The HBO used to have this kind of uh, intro that must have been inspired by Star Wars where it would fly in from outer space. It was 3D and you would, you would zoom into it almost like the Death Star. And I remember having a friend come over and saying, is this Star Wars? Is this Star Wars? And I'm like, no, come on, man. That's just the HBO logo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I have this, as you can see, there's, I have all these memories that are just kind of attached to Star Wars and the original Star Wars. I mean, I remember going over to friends' houses and watching Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. I had a Return of the Jedi birthday party. We went to see the movie for my birthday. And uh, so, you know, just the entire original trilogy is kind of just ingrained in me. It does, it, there's, no, there's no possible way for me to view these movies um, objectively. I try to. I try to kind of take a step out, you know, outside myself these days when it, when I do rewatch them, um, and uh, you know, in my mind, Empire Strikes Back still holds up brilliantly. I mean, we're not, yeah. I know we're not talking uh, about that yeah. movie, uh, but that's the one that really kind of just hits all the the right notes. And really, I, I could watch that if I had to pick one of the, you know, a favorite of the, Star of the Wars three. Movies. I think yeah, the second one is probably the strongest. But uh, and I just, think that's what is commonly uh, agreed upon. Right, that's right. the best of the Star Wars, and I, and I think it's the correct common opinion but star wars itself is still 
I mean, especially watching it now with my daughter. I mean, I'm, I'm seeing why it works as well as it does because there, it's just it's uh, at a, at a, at its core, it's just a very solid uh, story. I mean, he George Lucas uh, is 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 pulling from all these myths and stories, and he's like it's almost like. Um, the way that Quentin Tarantino likes to pull, take like the best elements of various pulp sources, you know, and, and kind of combine them and together. And copy them directly. And yeah. co- and, well, okay, well, however you yeah. want to look at it. Mm-hmm. But George Lucas is, is uh, I mean, we, we don't have to list off all of his inspirations here, but I mean, there's Westerns, there's there's a Japanese samurai films, there's, um, you know, there's serial uh, adventures from the 30s and 40s, there's science fiction from the 50s. I mean, there's like everything kind of combined together. He's taking a lot of the best elements of everything and kind of, uh, you know, at, at its core, he has this simple story of, of, a, of, a, of a guy, of, you know, everyone has a good character arc. This kid, Luke Skywalker, has a very simple story. He wants to go on adventures. He, uh, lose, he goes through some trials and tribulations and, uh, you know, finds his, uh, finds his place in the universe, right? So it's a very simple story. Visually, it's, it's very easy to tell who's good and who's bad. So if you're a kid and you're watching it, uh, you know, it doesn't take a lot of uh, explanation. And, um, you know, as an adult, you can watch it and you can see a lot of the, um, the interesting things that George Lucas does uh, cinematically. Uh, a lot of the things that are done with the editing and the sound and the design of the movie and just the details. I mean, it's just it's kind of there all on screen. It's just a, it's, it's an obvious labor of love uh, for what, you know, for what it was. And while a lot of the dialogue still kind of comes across, across as clunky and, you know, Luke Skywalker starts off as a little bit whiny and there's a lot of criticisms to be made about the movie. Mm. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think it's character arc. It's character. Yeah, you gotta start him out a little bit whiny. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, yeah, he's a little bit whiny. You don't have to like him. But uh, yeah. at the beginning, it doesn't bother me. It's again, it's hard yeah. for me to, to really objectively uh, review you know, all the characters in this movie because they're just, you know, just part, part of my life. Um but uh, you know, overall, it still holds up as you know. I, I would give this one like a four out of five. Is you know, Empire give a five out of five. This one I give four out of five. Okay, so so Ivan, I've... my experience with Star Wars, I came out very late in my life. Um, when I say late, I didn't first see them until um, they came back into theaters for the twentieth anniversary. Oh wow! And my father okay. actually took me to the theaters to see them one by one, and Good I instantly work, I instantly fell in love um, with them. Uh, I remember coming out of a New Hope. And like I remember being charged leaving mm-hmm. the theater and super excited that there was this amazing space adventure that I. How had just old are you seen. at this point? This is. I was like eleven or twelve. 11, 12. Yeah, that sounds. Did right, people right, cheer yeah. when when I remember people cheering at the re-release, like watching the movie at the end? Yeah, <laughs> and it was an interesting experience because obviously most of the people in that theater had already seen the movie billions yeah. of times in in the re-release. Um, so I became a big Star Wars fan after that. Later in life, I started collecting all the toys. I had the Millennium Falcon growing mm-hmm. up. I had. Um, you know, the, you know, Luke Skywalker and the Sand Speeder and all this kind of stuff. Question, the re-release, was that at, before or after the prequels? Uh, before. Uh, before, okay. Uh, episode 1 came out in 99. 97 okay. was the re-release. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I ended up becoming a big Star Wars fan, and then the prequels hit, and then I just kind of fell off the Star Wars train in a, in a lot of ways, as, as many did. You and yeah. many, many others. It was um, like the sound of a million voices. You guys saw all out. three in the theaters, though? All I did. I saw, I saw that. Because Why do we re- keep falling for it? <laughs> I, you know, it, you, I mean, at that point, you have to kind of see it through. I, I, um, we didn't love the first one, but you have to kind of just finish it out. You I didn't know? even want to see the third in theaters, but friends convinced me, like, oh, we're going, you have to come, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. It was more of an obligation. It was almost like, you know, getting a, you know... A, Getting your degree or something. I don't know. Yeah, I was getting your wisdom teeth. You had to get it done. Um, The the thing about Star Wars that I think is most interesting is obviously I like 
I love Star Wars a lot. I, I remember rewatching the space battle sequences all the time as a kid. I remember dressing up as Obi-Wan Kenobi for Halloween one year. The <laughs> thing, choice. The thing I, I, um, I find fascinating about these movies, especially in rewatching, because I have not seen A New Hope in a really long time. I actually just bought the DVD, the Blu-rays of them, and sat down and watched them. And if you really want to be critical of these movies, you really can. Yeah, there's a saying. lot yep. of issues in the film. And I want to get into some of that. And a lot of it, this context I'm providing is Shahir Dowd, who wrote an earlier, just did a mammoth rewatching. Or, or, uh, they watched ma- all six. They watched the all six yeah. for the podcast. Um, and, it was, and, and he is not a Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. Um, he just never grew up with it. So he provided a lot of critical, like, filmmaking criticism that I just would not normally think of because I'm so attached to the material uh, from liking it so much as a kid. And I want to discuss some of the points he brings up, which I think are interesting to really talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, But the, um, the first question I want to go back to is the one that Mike brought up originally. Why? Okay. So why is this movie the one that captured an entire generation why is this the movie that has been memed to death why is it the thing that everyone on the internet talks about and is the top headline of all time and there are many popular franchises in the 70s and early 80s i mean et was a mega hit but that's not a movie that we see referenced all the time like literally everywhere it hasn't been such a cultural touchstone to quote you ivan yes part of the cultural zeitgeist yes as it were mike (laughs) Can you like? Can you answer that question? What is it about Star? Can I, you? I don't. I, I I don't know because I, to be fair, there's a lot of movies out there that have. I feel like the same qualities that just never take off the same way. And I'm not. I'm not faulting Star Wars or anything, saying that it shouldn't have. I'm glad it did. I think it, it des- deservedly so. But there's a lot of other ones that are also really good that just never quite. Um, just I, I think launched into this. It's almost like a, a modern day like religion in a way. You know, I mean, yeah, you think about <laughs> just the advertising that's going on. I mean, you can't turn around and not see something. And the movie hasn't even come out yet, and they're already selling these dolls and action figures. We have no idea what these characters. Kylo Ren is going is selling You're out. Talking like about crazy. the new one now. Right? Yeah, the new one, right? Yeah. right? I'm saying what it's become at this yeah. point, right? Um, and, the, the, and the thing that's amazing to me about this is prior to the prequels existing, it was only three movies mm-hmm. and, and a couple right. of like TV specials. Right. Yep. Like, it's not like... Oh, my God, is, that Christmas special. We got to talk about that. But, oh, yeah. like, it's not... <laughs> cool. like, there were actually Ewok movies. I remember watching... Well, well, let's think about this. <laughs> yeah. Game of Thrones currently is a cultural phenomenon, right? Right, yeah. That show has 10 episodes a season. There are... 50 hours of right. that, that show in existence. And it didn't get its following until probably season two or three, I'd say. There's even. only like... Yeah. There's its only, audience is limited though because it's of the, of the content of the but violence there's only, like sex. there's only like 15 hours of Star Wars in existence. Sure. How does... And for a while, only and, like, yeah, six or so. And even yeah. Star Trek is, is, is a show that has hundreds of hours of content with these characters and it is and Star Trek is obviously a big deal it's not nearly the level of Star Wars right in terms of in terms of cultural resonance why I I don't know if I can answer that question and I, I don't know if Dave you have a way of saying like is it the timing of the movie is it well just, I, I would well, say well, I, I mean so, so let me just let me finish it sure. I, I think I think there are certain I think major I, I think the movie has a lot of archetypes in it I think there's a lot of things that I think people it is the the tried and true underdog kid becoming a a, a hero, right? We always talked about how uh, when we were doing T- uh, Temple of Doom, how a lot of people liked that movie because they kind of associated themselves with um, uh, little kid, Malaysian short kid. round, short round. Oh. Thank you. A lot of people kind of associated with him, so it was kind of they, everyone likes that movie because they felt like they were kind of living that vicariously mm-hmm. through him. And I feel like to to a degree, I feel like Luke Skywalker kind of acts as the same. He's like a proxy for I think a lot of people that want space sci-fi adventures and they want to like 
not only they want to duel with swords, but they want to duel with laser swords, like lightsabers, you know, mm -hmm. like having, you know, being a desperado like a Han Solo. There's just so many different characters. And I think a lot of them are all very well developed for the most part. I'd say, like, even Leia, you think about like a lot of female roles at the time. I, I think Leia is very different. She's a lot stronger and a lot more intelligent than I think most female yeah. roles at the time. Yeah. You no, know? she, I mean, she, uh, one thing my wife, she's not very familiar with this series she watched a new hope with me and the one comment she made it is she's like it's pretty cool how leia picks up a blaster mm -hmm. and is firing at stormtroopers better than han solo is right right and I, and I have issues with her in this movie but i think that's very cool yeah. right yeah yeah um yeah so yeah coming from uh, some of the disney princesses that i've been you know well, <laughs> privy she to is this year a disney princess she is technically yes, now a disney she, is, a, she right. is now a disney princess but the ones that I, i'd seen before uh, i mean it's it's you know I didn't even think about her watching it because Princess Leia was just, you know, a part of my 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 existence. But she's a really strong. If you're going to call someone princess, she's one of the stronger princesses out there. I mean, yeah. I'd rather have my daughter, you know, have her as a role model as opposed to someone like Snow White, saying who's just kind of there. Um, and but I'll, here, I'll, here's what you were. I think you were getting it at something. And uh, I, okay, hang on to it. I'm just going to wrap it up with go one ahead. more no, thing. Oh my God, go, go. Uh, oh, please, Dave, <laughs> please. Um, so I, I think one more thing I want to say is that I think the design and the world that he made, I think is 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 so rich and so well-developed. I think a lot of like, you think of like the Jawa sand crawlers, R2-D2, C-3PO, the Millennium Falcon for God's sake. I mean, that is the strangest design for a ship, especially if you've seen the original version of it. For a, a fast bandit ship, it's kind of a weird thing, but for some reason, everything that he did, it was very different, I think, for its time, and very well, it's very, it feels very real and lived in, and I think that, you know, the attention to detail is what kind of built out this world that people like were just kind of swept up into. Um, so go we, ahead. Go so ahead. here's yeah, what I ahead. want to pull from what you're saying. Yeah. You're talking about people being able to kind of uh, put themselves in Luke Skywalker, imagine that they're Luke Skywalker, imagine that they're Han Solo. My, you know, my daughter can imagine that she's Princess Leia. I say, who are you in this in this book? I'm Princess Leia. Everybody, hmm. I, there's something about Star Wars, the fact that it was popular, the fact that uh, the characters are simple enough that people were able to put themselves in these characters and pretend to be them. I still have vivid memories of just staring out a window or staring in, uh, at the sunset and, and thinking I was Luke Skywalker staring at the sunset. Just that, just that hmm. simple scene of him alone staring at the two suns. I mean... Mm. It's that kind of simplicity in the movie that I think people can really uh, read. And, and also pulling from what you were saying, I think the way Star Wars has materialized in, in the actual world of advertising and toys and objects and things that you can touch and feel and see like Lexus Star in the, Wars real, commercials in the real world. I mean, I had Star Wars lunchboxes. I had yeah. costumes. We had toys. I still have the Star Wars toys up there in the living room that my daughter's playing with. I mean, there are so many things that you can you can take from this movie and uh, and just it, it, it can just reach out into the actual real world. So you can go to like a web designer's desk and you can see a, a Darth Vader statue or, or figurine on his desk. You can go to, you know, you can go to a, a lawyer's office and they might have a poster from, you know, one of the Star Wars movies. I mean, it's just kind of seeped into the world in a way that few other movies have because uh, of, of the brilliance, I think, of the, the merchandising and the advertising. I mean, that's something... Yeah, that but it's, but you can about. only advertise so much. It has to do with the, the fervor behind it. Right. You know well, I mean? there's like, a reason no, why uh, the advertising has been successful. Well, it's because I mean, people yeah. love these characters and, and objects in the movie. What, what, what Dave is saying, in, in some ways, sounds really cynical. Like, George Lucas constructed something... It's not meant to be. But, but it, it yeah. isn't, though. And, yeah. I, and I think what you're getting at, and what Mike is getting at, too, is that the design of this world is so lived in and so cool that it feels like it's bigger than the movies themselves. Everything feels like it, um, like 
There's a reason they made toys of things that are in Star Wars that only are on screen for like five seconds. <laughs> yeah, it's right. because things <laughs> look cool and feel cool like they, to develop toy and they after, feel yeah. like they have a story beyond what the movie is showing you. And this is reflected talking about this happened a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. This is one specific story in a massive universe of stories. And I think that we... You can give Lucas a lot of crap for his dialogue or how he shoots things or whatever, but he obviously was a, a shrewd enough businessman and a shrewd enough, uh, a smart enough filmmaker to make something that captured the imagination of a lot of people. And the thing I also want to say, and I think you touched upon this earlier, Dave, is Star Wars is intended for kids as its primary audience. And you could argue with me on that if you want, mm-hmm. but I think that's hugely important mm-hmm. because it allows, like, the Matrix obviously was a hugely influential movie and had a huge popularity in the cultural zeitgeist, but you can't show The Matrix to an eight-year-old no. and have them get the same thing out of it that star- that they can get out of Star Wars. No. And I think that that is... Nor, nor would you say something like 2001, I would say. Exactly. And, and the, the thing about Star Wars is you show this to a elementary school student, they're going to be a Star Wars fan for life because of how it makes them feel and the action and the adventure. And then that breeds this culture. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, 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 it keeps on perpetuating because you show it to kids that are young that keep the whole thing going. Um, and I think that is generally why the movie has had such this lasting effect. Also, being 1977, the world had never seen something like this before. Mm-hmm. And, I, and movies hadn't gotten to the point where there is literally every week at the box office amazing special effects and spaceships right. and, yeah. and and this was saturated it's, it's right. impossible to kind of yeah and um so yeah uh, all, all just, that just the, the, the what, technological what things was... that were invented for this movie the motion motion control work i mean um you know and com- the combination of uh, real life models right and and, mm. and, um, and i i'm gonna get back into the special effects in a little bit but i want to start breaking down star wars a little bit questions i have for you questions that were brought up in my mind like so, you want to say something yeah real quick question how many other movies like it at the time were out with dune when was dune that was in the 80s that was so that's yeah. later yeah. right so is science there fiction i don't think had ever been done this way before there was Pla- planet of the apes was kind of the um the, it was a series of science fiction films. You know, the first one's con- kind of considered a classic. The rest of them were, were they were popular. It was a popular series. But so that was kind of where science fiction was at the time. Exactly. You know? And but Planet of the Apes doesn't have these models of spaceships that I really right. want to play with. Right. It's 2000, <laughs> and what 2001 about, uh, was uh, was pretty much it. I think there was Logan's Run was a science fiction. Was that? Mm, I mean, there were science yeah. fiction movies, obviously. Right, right, right. But I'm trying to think if this was like before. And the other thing, what about rotoscoping and sci-fi? Like the lightsabers, I feel like that's something that blew everybody's mind. Was there anything even close to that? Well, I don't like, even they, think people thought of it. They, they just right. they just saw these things that looked real. I mean, I, I always wondered as a kid, like... How are they doing this? How are they doing this? I never yeah. thought for a second that they were actually drawing frame by frame over, uh, you know, to create a lightsaber. I had no idea. Right, right. But I'm saying, had there been anything at that point that was similar to that, where they had, you know, like... It's, I, yeah, I haven't done enough research to know. It's hard yeah. to say, but uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think I, I mean, I think just the combination of elements. I mean, there there were spaceships in two thousand one. We we saw we watched two thousand one for the podcast. We know that the special the, the technology for a lot of the stuff was already out there, but taking the technology, making it look like, um, you know, I, I read something about how, uh, you know, George Lucas would think about Star Trek and how when he watched Star Trek, it was just a spaceship here and a spaceship on you know spaceship on the right, spaceship on the left. They would they were very still and they were just kind of shooting at each other, right? I mean, they were just you know there wasn't yeah, a lot it was happening. A fleet battle, right? So, versus right, what he wanted to see were, were were versions of 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 that, but you know, exciting in the way that uh, you know dogfights in World War Two or World War One. Right, I mean, right. If you've ever seen aerial footage of that of of, of those kinds of fights. 
you know, it, it's a very different, it's a very different thing. I mean, if you were to actually have an, a battle in outer space, it probably wouldn't be like something in Star Wars. It wouldn't, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't hear, obviously wouldn't hear sounds. It probably, you probably wouldn't be flying uh, into trenches and that kind of stuff. I mean, you, it would probably be slower and, and much less exciting than in, in Star Wars movies, I mean, to be honest. But it makes it very exciting to watch, just, you know, just to be able to be up against a, a, a background like the Death Star, something that has a mm. lot of detail and texture, to see planes flying around like that. You know, it's a much more dynamic visual than just, you know, a static ship here, a static ship there. So I think just his, uh, just the creativity that, that, that was uh, involved in coming up with, you know, let's put stars in the background, let's put things that people haven't seen in the background, and uh, you know, let's let's make it a dogfight in space. I mean, that that alone is uh, you know enough to make it something people had never seen before. So let's we've been going on for about almost thirty minutes now, and we haven't even started talking really about what happens in this movie. And I, I think I want to get into some interesting things structurally. This movie does. My first question for you, and actually digging into the film, Mike, is who is the main character in Star Wars? I mean, I feel like the obvious answer is Luke, but I don't think that's what you're getting at. I think well, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say suggesting Luke. it's not Luke. No, and it is. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. Well, here, here, and it is Luke. I mean, you can't. It, this you can't whole, yeah. The whole series is Luke's story. It's about Luke and Darth Vader and his father and him becoming a Jedi and accepting that. I get that. But when was the last time you saw a movie where you didn't see your main character until over 30 minutes in? Like that's crazy. Uh, like, uh, and when in rewatching this, I was kind of blown away. And I, I didn't remember. The opening section of the film. You don't see him until the opening section of this movie with C three PO and R two D two and on Tatooine. It's it's a whole the whole first act of this movie is two robots beeping at each other. <laughs> and, and I and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think right. it's really in, it, it, it's interesting that that's still captivating and, and whatnot. But it also paints to builds out the world. It, it, it really okay, fleshes well, it out. Well, I guess the point I'm getting at is Star Wars is often referred to as a classic hero story, right? This yeah. this Joseph Campbell hero of a thousand faces. It's about a young boy from a young farm boy who ends up becoming and taking his calling to become uh, the great hero of a of a young um, of a a rebel um, fledgling rebellion. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that's what I was trying to say. But the movie does very interesting things with this. A, we don't see Luke Skywalker until 30 minutes in. Uh, but the other major thing is you essentially have three main characters um, who in any other movie would have been either would have probably uh, been condensed a bit. Um, the character of Han Solo and Luke Skywalker in any other movie would have been the same person. And it's very, oh, yeah. it's yes. very interesting yes, to true. me. It's very interesting to me that this is a film where there are three separate characters and every character with the exception of Leia, which I've kind of a little bit of an issue has an arc. Han has this arc of going from a scumbag who doesn't care about something to someone who does care about something. Um, and Luke goes from poor boy who has nothing to being this hero of the rebellion. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very interesting that they're not the same character because yeah. Han Solo is the Indiana Jones. He has enough personality to be the main character by far. And this could have easily been the Han Solo story about a guy who is a bounty hunter that doesn't want to get involved in helping this rebellion, who is roped into mm-hmm. it and ends up saving the day. So it's very, I mean, does, does that interest you in retrospect that there are different yeah. characters? Yeah. Then, you know, that's definitely something I actually have never thought about very much that they could be the same character, but, but, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you could make Luke Skywalker have that same story arc. You don't need, I guess you don't necessarily need Han Solo, but you get the benefit of Han Solo. Um, and I just, I, I don't know, I find that fascinating in, in watching it this time around about um, how that kind of plays out. Um, so 
what's kind of walking through this movie a little bit. We we start with these droids. Uh, we're hanging out in a desert planet for a little bit. They end up connecting with Luke Skywalker. Well, we started on the ship with the uh, the. Um... We you we introduced Darth Vader, and again, this goes right. into how good this movie is with costume design and prop design and production design because. Um, Lucas has a knack, and I don't know if he's probably not solely responsible for this, but every character in this film has a look to them that is iconic in a way that is incredibly interesting and memorable. Mm. And Darth Vader is a great example of this. And in later in the series, the character of Boba Fett looks so damn cool that he has been iconified as one of the coolest characters yeah. ever. And he does literally nothing. There's literally nothing aside from practically a suicide, like <laughs> jump yeah. off of a barge into which a is, sand which, pit. Is, yeah. which is amazing to me that that's like, and the only reason is everyone really thought he looked cool when Empire Strikes yeah. Back. By the way, did we discuss him with his helmet off? Did you show that to me, Ivan? No. When you get some time, take a look at the actor with his helmet off, and it is the saddest picture. It's this guy with like a mustache and balding, and he's got big glasses. Oh, you mean like Offset? Offset, yes. Yeah, look, at, <laughs> it's the saddest thing. It will ruin Boba Fett for you for life. Continue. Um, so we establish this character, and if you're watching this movie for the first time, you're like, oh, uh, Princess Leia is the main character. She's the one who's outrunning this empire, and she's we're gonna have to watch her escape. No, no, no. Then the main character becomes uh, this droid. Two robots. Two yeah, robots. Yeah. One of whom just beeps, and right. they talk back and forth. And then, oh no, wait a minute. The main character is now this young uh, boy who um, is uh, searching for something. No, wait, wait, no. Actually, the main character is this old man who knows about everything. It's Obi Wan Kenobi. Wait a minute. Now the main character is Han Solo. <laughs> He's this yeah. guy they meet at this bar. They basically introduce a main character every twenty minutes, and it's amazing to me the movie doesn't feel overstuffed, right? That, uh, yes. Because of that, and I, I, I don't know. Star Wars is an anomaly that I try to analyze from a screenwriting perspective. And if someone were to hand me the script, I'm like, George, no. Nope. No, you, exactly. need to condense, you need to condense these characters. Combine it these into one. It takes too long to yeah. get started. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, it still works. And I don't know why that is, I guess, is what I'm trying <laughs> That's to That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, it works because it's good. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people forget but, that. Okay, but a, the, okay, a lot of people forget why is it good. I don't know. It's good. I mean, we can, we can, say, we can, we can, we can dive deeper into why it's good. But I mean, it's... I mean, uh, the the story works. I mean, it's. I, I think honestly, I think the biggest success to anything else, I think, is if if you as a writer, if you believe your world exists and you can see it exist and you can bring it to life in a way that's convincing, I feel like that is really what. Um, if you can get people to believe in what you're, what you're, the story you're telling, I feel like that's always what does it. Because I've seen movies have really tight scripts and then no one really latches onto it because the characters are not really believable or they're not really lovable. They don't they don't they don't seem real or the world's not really that interesting. When you have someone who can who can very clearly imagine a universe and can bring it to life, I think that's what kind of arrests people. And you can kind of look at that and see that, oh, this is what, like, there's something here. This thing, this exists. I'm actually watching a story. And then I think at that point, you become less critical of the plot because it's more about things that are just happening. Just like life has these really weird things. Like, I think it's just... I think that's an interesting perspective. But if that's the case, then why do the prequels suck so bad? Like, what is it that the prequels do wrong that this one does wrong? I feel like that. that's... So I think the, the prequels go a lot more Hollywood about stuff. I feel like, the, you know, this is a lot more gritty. It's not perfect. It's imperfections, I think, lend some credibility to what it is. Because, like I said, you're just watching something that's happening. It's not this scripted thing. Whereas the other stuff felt like it was constru- it felt like a construct to me. It felt like it was something that was built and, and formalized. Why don't, why don't do you disagree? Was, I think in Star Wars, here's what, what I think maybe this is what works about Star Wars that didn't work in the prequels. In Star Wars, we know what the characters want, right? Luke Skywalker wants to go on adventures. Han Solo wants his money. Princess Leia wants to save, save her people. Save her people. Obi-Wan Kenobi wants to come out of hiding and, and, and you know, make up for... You know, having been gone for so long, you know everybody. Ha- you know, Darth Vader wants to, you know, 
destroy the destroy rebel. destroy the rebels. But he also wants restore. to just have a good relationship with his son. Honestly, he actually does. He wants right. to rule the but galaxy we, well, with his son. Right. Like, we don't know that at this point in the movie. Right. Star Wars, I know that. Right. He just wants right. to restore order and and you know do his job. He's, he's trying to do his a, job. You know, if there had never been another Star Wars movie, and this is the only one, we could just assume that Darth Vader was a guy who really likes order and right. maybe got hurt a long time ago. But you're saying we don't the, really understand the first so, movies. So we understand what the characters' motivations are in Star Wars in the prequels. Even re- having rewatched them, it's been a long time since I rewatched them. It's hard to actually say what the characters want. What does Anakin? What does the little kid want? I mean, you don't really. I mean, he's he's a slave, right? And he. Well, I, I think the, the the issue of I mean, there's tons of issues with the prequels, I and mean, right. we could go into it. Let's but, not even open that can. But yeah. the, the, I think the the larger problem, and it's very simple, right? In Star Wars, every scene leads to the next scene because each scene is. In, in order for the next scene to happen, mm-hmm. the previous scene had to have occurred. Right. It, it's, it's a story that propels itself forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the prequels, it's literally cutting from scene to scene without any... Like, everything is happening, but there's no reason for any of it to be happening. Right. And I think that's the huge problem with the right. yeah. And I mean, again, I think, I think the driving force in those two movies is very different. I feel like the first one, George Lucas wanted to tell a story. He wanted to bring this world into existence. Whereas the first, the second set of movies just, to me, felt like... Oh yeah, Star Wars. Everyone likes it. Let's just tell another Star Wars story. Like I, mean, you know, I still believe the prequels are about. I mean, I, I think that he those were the stories he wanted to tell. I mean, it was definitely there was no studio interference with the prequels. I mean, George Lucas, you know, made the movies he wanted to make. Well, with, with I would the, argue. Those, I mean, I would argue he probably prequels. never would have made it if it wasn't for fans telling him he had to make it for years. I think that he did. Maybe I th- no, I, I would agree. You're probably right. He probably want. He probably did want to explore Darth Vader himself and like what you know the, this mythic character. What is he? You know, behind the mask. But I think the best inside movie, the actor studio with Darth Vader. Like I think the best movies are usually a combination of people. You know, of kind of conflicting forces, right? I mean, it's it's George Lucas saying, "Well, this is what I want to do," and then it's his editor saying, "Well, listen, this the scene isn't quite working, so maybe let me take a stab at it and let me let me chop it up in a way that I think might work." So having a fresh set of eyes might help. You know, or, you know what kind of what kind of music is going to work in this movie? You know, well, George Lucas has a very specific vision. Uh, as to what kind of music might work as opposed to a studio person who might think that a more modern sounding 70s score might might work. So I think... To be fair, yeah, you know what, that's, that's a decent point. Is that if, and back the, in the 70s, he probably had to listen to people because he didn't have the same street well, he, cred that he did now. But he did have clout, though, because people a lot of time... A lot of times people forget that George Lucas, it's almost like in some bizarro universe, George Lucas had this other career as as Martin Scorsese or Barry, or, or maybe someone like Barry Levinson or something. He had made American graffiti, uh, graffiti in 1973 and was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director. So he wasn't a no, he wasn't just an oh, unknown okay. quality quantity at this point. He also made THX and THX, but, but especially American Graffiti. I mean, that was that alone in itself is an influential movie. I mean, it, it inspired movies to use uh, rock music and and. Uh, you know, it inspired the show Happy Days, for instance. It made stars out of Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford and Richard Dreyfuss and Ron Howard and, and uh, you know, a lot of other people. And uh, so, you know, he could have had this other career, but he had this idea and he went with it. And then here we are, you know, 40 years later and... Still talking about Star Wars. We're still talking about Star Wars. Star Wars opens in a couple days. I mean, there's, you know, and it's, and it's not like one of those movies that's just kind of opening and... People are talking, you know, you, it feels like it's being forced down your throat. People actually care about Star Wars. People are lining up and camping yeah, yep. to see movie, to see, even though the prequels sucked. I mean, that's the power of of these movies. Of well, this, I, of, if I were to know, condense the magic of, of Star Wars, um, it's going to be an obscure reference that may only hold any, <laughs> may only appeal to me uh, or make sense to me. But um, when you go to like a, a theme park um, and you like, 
feel like you're in that kind of world. Like, so the Epcot Center uh, back in the day, back in like the 90s, had an attraction called Horizons where you would travel through uh, landscapes of the future, right? <laughs> Retro future at yeah, its finest. Exactly. Yeah. And you would see these um, models and animatronics of like people living in space and in desert and stuff like that. And I remember as a kid, I was like, I really want to like live yeah. in that world. And I think Star Wars kind of touches upon that same uh, concept, mm-hmm. that idea that, there's so much in this world I want to like touch and be a part of, and I, mm-hmm. I wish I could. And I think that's why Star Wars is so engaging. And I think a perfect example of this, Mike, is how cool is the design of the freaking Jawas, like yeah. like junkyard manufacturer, like on tank yeah. treads, and it's got this yeah. really interesting yeah. shape. Shape too. the shape. How does that? You know, like where do you come up with that? So and, and the Millennium Falcon is similar. Um, I want to get back into this story, and I'm going to take credit. I'm going to reference again Shahir Dowd's podcast, where he brought up a very interesting point mm-hmm. in the movie. So in about the midpoint of the movie, Princess Leia has been captured or she's, you know, she's been taken prisoner and they're trying to find the location of the secret base. And in the middle of the movie, they blow up an entire planet. They blow up her <laughs> home planet of yeah. Alderaan. Yeah. Uh, um, literally on screen, we, wis- we witness millions of people being killed. Okay. Um, and I think this is a big flaw in the movie here. How does that not hold that much emotional weight? I mean, right. it is it is literally cast off in the next scene. That's definitely something I thought. Like, why isn't why isn't she just devastated and depressed like for the, the rest of the movie? The next time we see her talk, she's quipping about the stormtrooper being too short, which yeah. is a great line when she first meets yeah. Luke Aren't Skywalker. You a little Aren't you a little yeah. short for her? Everyone she knows. Everywhere she's grown up, it is like it is the equivalent of this entire Earth blowing up. Yeah, yeah. and she's like, oh. You're a little short for being a stormtrooper. <laughs> do you think is that a bit of a flaw in the movie uh, about yeah, how it <laughs> absolutely <laughs> handles? And I, again, I have, and, and also maybe it's how good the movie is that I have literally never, never thought consi- about never it. considered yep. it yeah. my entire life. Yeah. Like it might, it would have wouldn't have had equal weight if they blew up like a city in, yeah. in, in, on Alderaan or and here's here's what I think I, I think when I was a kid I'd forgotten I think I thought it was just like a moon or uninhabited planet when I watched it recently I was like like or, or not recently like this most recent one but like I was like, oh, gee, they just, ki- yeah, they just killed yeah, the entire, they, like. They never, like, yeah, they don't cut to the planet. They, that's they, why. They, they right. never cut to, like, people fleeing in a mass You just see this cloud. disembodied sphere exploding, right. yeah. Right. And I think that if you had a sequence where you see Princess Leia's family, you see an old Jimmy Smith's yeah. sitting down <laughs> for a cup of coffee with his wife, like, burning alive. But, but here's what the movie does that's very interesting. Um. You see the bones, the burning carcasses oh, of his, oh, his aunt. aunts and uncles, and, uncle. and that stuck with me for the rest of my life. And that yeah. is devastating. Yeah, so yeah. I, I didn't actually catch when I was a kid because of the way those corpses are positioned amongst kind what of. What is it with you not knowing what dead things are in movies? You didn't know what the horse head was <laughs> of very the Godfather. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You, you, good callback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Everything. Wow. Catalogs, well, all your well, dark I mean, secrets. I, I mean, eventually I figured it out. But when I was a kid, I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know. No, that I, I saw that as a kid and that like that disturbed me. me. Right? Yes. Yeah. That yes, part did scar me. Because like what you met say? those people. You saw them walking around. Now it's just like a smoldering skeleton. Like, well, I do, I do I do think about that when I'm watching it, you know, like again and again with my daughter now. I'm like, does she know what those are? I, I don't think she knows what a skeleton is. I don't think it's she, easy she, to miss she it, would to know fair, what those were. So maybe, like, I mean, I, I think it, maybe it's quite possible I didn't actually know what a skeleton looked like when I was well, three there, years old. Well, there is no fetishistic dem- Temple of Doom style, like extreme close It's easy to bones. miss, to, to your right. credit. Like, it's it's not obvious that there's, I don't think anyway. It could just be like burning pipes or hey, whatever, you no, know? Hey, though, but I mean... 
I mean, Lucas obviously intended you to feel something there because he could have easily just shown a burning landscape and you would have gotten the point that they're dead. But even Luke, after losing his family, two scenes later, he's like, well... I guess we're going into space See, now. See, that's, that's the issues I have with the movie. I think there's there's certain emotional beats that they don't hit. Um, and, and Luke specifically, there's something about his his performance is just a little wooden to me. Like, there's a lot of things where he's just... Ripio! Right. He definitely, he, he definitely <laughs> takes oh, a, a I large... I to go to the Tachi station. I mean, everybody takes a, a giant leap forward in The Empire Strikes Back in terms of just the quality of the acting, I would say. Right, right. Um, but that's, that, that's kind of some of the criticism I have, too, is there's, like, certain emotional things are just not there. Um... And, like, Luke, to me, just kind of feels like, okay, yeah, I'm just going for the flow kind of a thing versus, like, I think there's his his scream of, of you know, when he sees Ben Kenobi. Uh, ben Kenobi get, yeah. Yeah, but I think at that point, he's, he's just, like, had enough. That, I, and I... Yeah, I, I remember that no, that him no, you know, very different from very, the no from the prequels. Oh, oh yeah, such a better no. This is a much <laughs> this is a much better no. I don't think anybody can say no correctly in. And any of the I don't movies. even love his second note and at the end of it's the it's better but it's still not it's good it's better it's not great what, and, and Empire Strikes Back when he says yeah. he's not your father I mean, oh your father. come on guys I, it's a great I moment but I, it's mm-hmm. his delivery I would have been like let's just get a safety take of that one if you don't <laughs> to mind to this day that hurts my heart to hear him say no like that I'm sorry it works for me oh, I'll Mark tell you, Hamill I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what though it is very real because it's so ugly and it's mm-hmm. it's just like like oh it's like hard to watch for me well, I think I think I think his. Uh, so we're talking about how he doesn't have the right emotional reaction. He sees his aunt and uncle. I mean, he does have some. He has enough of a response that I buy him making the next, going to the next point in his journey. See ya. Is, you know, like oh, I don't. Oh, there's nothing. I have nothing else to do. So I'm gonna go uh, do. The, I'm gonna go back to Ben Kenobi, and I'm gonna, you know. Um, I'm gonna tell him that I want to. You know, he's he's obviously we don't get too, we we get just enough details of these characters to know that he knows something about his dad. He knows that his dad was this and that, and he learns a little bit more from Ben Kenobi. So you know, it kind of just I think you know, maybe it's because he's younger and he hasn't lived long enough to really have understand yeah, the full I, weight of losing the the aunt and uncle. I mean, he's, he's no, up, but I, I don't. I think he's, he's devastated, but he's not like uh, those are essentially his parents. I think yeah. I I would agree. I think as a kid, you don't have the, the certain emotional depth or certain things, but I think seeing your parents as skeletons, smoldering skeletons, <laughs> yeah. you're gonna react. Yeah, it's gonna, well, it's gonna ruin you for life. I mean, if it disturbed me and I didn't even wasn't even related right. to people, I knew him for only like ten minutes. <laughs> he doesn't yell no. But that being said, I much buy. I, 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 ben Kenobi I, I buy Luke's going. transition to going into space yeah. much more than Leia not dealing with the fact that her entire world exploded. Right. Um, so we get let's let's get them all on the Millennium Falcon. I, I think the design of the Falcon is incredible. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I think that. I, and like, you, you know that was not a, originally. They originally had planned something that was going to be longer and more aerodynamic and sleeker. And then I, I forget the reasoning behind. It. They ended up switching it out where they just went. Well, just traditional. the fact that the cockpit is on the side. It's right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's so um, it's interesting and asymmetrical. Cool. Yeah. Um, the MVP of this entire movie because he's basically Indiana Jones in space yeah. is Han Solo. Yeah, of course. Uh, he's he's great in this movie. I think that he is a vital uh, force that the prequels do not have. Yeah. He, yeah. He's he's a perfect example of. Uh, an actor, a mm-hmm. perfectly cast actor, bringing something to a script that isn't there. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think mm-hmm. it's the writing that makes Han Solo amazing. No, it's his delivery, of course. It, it's, yeah. it's the fact that Harrison Ford plays Han Solo. And can, and can we give him credit? Because I feel like someone like him, who's a very good actor, right, kind of surrounded by people who are not as good, I would mm-hmm. say, um, with a script that's really weird and sci-fi. And it's one of those things that when you're on a set of a movie... It's got to be so hard. Like, okay, they have what are they called? Lightsabers. Okay, there's a, a <laughs> guy mean, in a green suit's going to be shooting at. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, like, I mean, I, and that's what I'm mean, saying. I respect him as an actor being able to say, like, okay, look, I'm putting that aside. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing everything to this role. I don't care if this thing goes nowhere or what. 
and, and he delivers. And I think it, it, it's, it was critical that he did, you know? Yeah, he, he makes you believe. Everyone, well, I think for the most part, everyone who delivers dialogue in this movie, they make you believe in the things that they're saying. I mean, it, 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 it's, so, it's kind of weird to watch these movies now and think that, you know, the word lightsaber didn't exist before Star Wars, right. you know? Yeah. Jedi is a weird word. I mean, if you go back and read about the making of this movie and all the ideas that he had, that, that George Lucas had, just you know, terms and, and yeah. people and races and planets. And I mean, they all seem like the ones that, that aren't in the actual movies kind of sound a little silly, but those could have just as well been in the movie. And then they would have been, you know, ingrained to our, into our culture. And we would think, well, that sounds perfectly normal. What, what's interesting is, so this is something I've always wondered about, like Darth Vader, right? I, I, I don't know if he always intended Darth to be a title or a name because Obi-Wan Kenobi addresses him as Darth at least once. Only a master of evil. Yeah. Darth, Darth, yeah. So it makes me wonder, was that a mistake of the actor? Was that something that, like... Which only Alec, I mean, if any other actors... Oh, man. You're only a master of evil. No, no, not just evil. 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 Well, I mean... Master of evil. I mean, if you want to criticize that movie, that fight scene is awful. Like, there's not that good. Look, look, look. It's one guy... They're literally prodding each other. Okay. Obi-Wan Kenobi's, like, in his 90s at that point. Darth Vader is, like, 90% He's only, like, 62 in it. Whatever. He's an old guy. He's been through a lot. Darth Vader's a machine. He can't even see through that mask, Mark by Hamill. the way. Mark Hamill is 63. And he's going to be in the new Star Wars. Well, I'm so. saying I'm saying Obi-Wan himself. Yes. Not the actor. Okay, so you're saying the character's supposed he's to be He's an old guy. Him. He's been yeah. through a lot. He's tired. He's so tired. <laughs> he's been resting a lot no, in the he, desert. He, and he's he, running he, around. He hasn't, yeah, he's been resting a lot. He's out of shape. And now he's like, oh, oh, man. I will say this. For a fight scene that is not good from in terms of choreography, like it's just yeah. not well a good choreography fight scene, and watching it, I'm like, it still works. Like this yeah, scene I, I, still I, and works. And I agree. Jokes aside, yes. It well, is they set up the scene enough scene. with, I mean, you know, they had enough, they had just enough expository dialogue at the beginning where he talked about his history with Darth Vader. And Darth Vader's, you know, talking just about, you know, he has, he's kind of sniffing out Obi Wan Kenobi on the thing, Death Star. The thing about that fight is that it's it's between two masters. Which one said that two samurai when they face each other, right. neither makes a first move. So right. Whoever makes a first move will be dead. Right. It's the same thing. The two of them are like, if I make a move, the other guy's like, he's so good that he's gonna kill me. There we go. Yeah. And those references were, you know, were lost on me as a kid. I mean, I had no <laughs> idea what westerns were, what samurai right. movies were. What right. I mean, all the, like the, like the like the character Han Solo. I mean, Han and that's at the. You know, a Japanese reference and, and the, the hell. Oh, wait, what? D- Del- uh, uh, I think. I mean, I, I, go. I'm up for, I'm up for, <laughs> the Han Dynasty. Oh, okay. There you go. No, Dave. You. I want you to tell me. <laughs> I could, want you to say we it. We could pause the recording. I could go back and, and, and I, I wish I had taken more notes. Throw it in the show notes. I mean, just you know, the shape of his helmet. You go back and, and you look at any it, uh, yeah, medieval yeah. Japanese armor. I, I mean, you know, I never noticed that. Oh yeah, for sure, man. I mean, there's a lot. You know, oh. lightsab- lightsaber swords. I, I mean, you don't have. I mean, like, like why? It's have, very, they, why don't they, they fight they, with? Why don't they fight with guns? I mean, like, why? Don't, right. You know, why do Jedi Knights have to have? Yeah, swords? and it's very, it's very like samurai too. They have right. the whole. They, they, they mean, hold it in front of them with two hands. The yeah. influences are, you know, are, are there? I mean, and then there's Western influences in the cantina scene. I mean, where they where they walk into a bar and they meet a guy. I mean, it's you know, it's like. There's a, there's a shootout in the you know between him and Greedo. I mean it's it's yeah. it is Han to- shot first. I think that doesn't it doesn't matter. It does matter. It does matter. It matters. Effing matters. I watched it this time, and yes, him moving looks bad in special effects. I agree with that statement, but it happens so quickly, and you show this to anybody else, nobody cares. Okay, so we're talking about the point when we first, right after we meet Han Solo. Yeah, he meets with Greedo. We find out we find out that Han Solo is a guy who basically has his spaceship for hire. He's he's a smuggler, 
and he owes this gangster guy money. We don't know who Jabba the Hutt is at this point. We just know that this guy, that there's uh, Greedo is this character that's coming. Greedo's up. collecting a bounty. Right. They He's end up in a standoff around a table. The two right. of them face off against each other. Han Solo in the original movie distracts him, pulls out his gun, and shoots him through the table. Right. In the well, he knows version. he's about to get shot, and he, he takes right. action first. Right. 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 right, right, And that's why it's essential to the character, because this is a guy who's gonna you know protect himself first and and not gonna wait for something to happen he's a jerk doesn't care he's out for himself he's out for numero uno like that's so within his character in the other movie where it's like i i they watered it down it's like i don't know i know they wanted to make him a likable guy but it's look what's done is done that's history i I think the amount of screen time that that takes place is so minimal to the but it's those details that really it is true though i I guess that is a good point because the reason i like and how the hell did greedo miss across the table point blank range it makes Greedo look like an idiot is yeah. what it makes it right, look like. right. Yeah, uh, and again, that's another thing. It makes Han Solo look like a dope. <laughs> but uh, um, we we've been going for a while now, so I want to keep moving through the plot a yeah, little let's bit. Keep going. This will be a little bit longer. It's all right. Fiftieth episode, Star Wars, yeah. the last one before I the new year. I want to talk about the, let's go three likely hours. to be some. This is likely to be our most downloaded episode. I don't know. I, I, people Star have, Wars. are people sick of Star Wars at this point? No? Getting a little meta. Uh, it's getting a little yeah, meta. Let's keep going. Um, the the final battle of the film I wanted to talk about because it's something that really stuck out with me where. Um, it's, it really, the scenes really do show in the special effects in that final battle sequence, I feel. Because Which I, battle? Even the 97 re-release, you think? Yeah, um, I do. Um, so the final battle being where Luke blows up the Death Okay, yeah, right, yeah. The thing I think so much, I haven't seen this in about, I haven't really sat down and watched Star Wars in probably over five years, probably mm. more. Oh, good thing uh, you did it for the movie. Uh, <laughs> for the review, rather. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's amazing how little ships are involved in that battle. Mm-hmm. Did, in my head, I remember... Oh, the amount of ships, I see. I remember like hundreds of ships battling. Yeah. Especially when you think of the prequels, what they did. Exactly. Like, yeah, there's like thousands of those things right. flying around like gnats. It's, there's like nine ships in the whole battle sequence. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and what they do is three ships go down and don't, don't do it, and three ships go down and do it, and yeah. three yeah. ships go down, and he finally does it. And it's very right. interesting to me. As a, I remember seeing that sequence in a theater in 97 and being so excited. I'm like, I can't believe this movie is still like, in my head, I thought the movie would have been over once they escaped the Death Star. Right, it's still and, going. You're getting know, like a bonus movie. I was yeah. like, oh, we get a, an epic battle now. I got right. so excited for that <laughs> sequence and I thought it was so cool when they're, uh, just the shots of the, the loading bay mm-hmm. of them putting like, seeing the ships on the ground I thought was the mm-hmm. coolest thing ever. I wanted nothing more than to climb up onto an X-Wing and like get inside one. Right, um, yeah, X-Wings uh, are cool. Yeah. But does this, was the battle still effective? Did you notice how yeah. limited it felt. Oh yeah, no, I, I mean, no, I, no, no. I mean, it, it goes yeah. on, it, it goes on long. I would say, but that, but that's because it was they had. I felt like they thought we, we earned this. I mean, we you know we worked really hard at coming up with these this technology and these special effects. Let's let this play out a little longer than it probably should. I mean, yeah. I think the, the whole scene is, is it's supposed to take place in like twenty minutes real time. And it probably goes on almost twenty minutes. You know? But I think it's like right. I think well, there it, is an actual physical clock. Like we'll yeah. be in the room of the base in eight minutes. Right. And, yeah. yeah. Kind of right. It has the countdown clock. That, that old device. I, I the way I think about it is it's kind of like we can just assume that there's all these dogfights going on in outer space and mm-hmm. around this thing, mm-hmm. and we're just kind of hyper focused on just this this uh, gulch thing. Right. This, we're focused um, on Luke's story, and this is where Luke's you know the people who right. are surrounding. I guess Look my is. question is, I'm going to rewatch Jedi hopefully before I see the new um, yes, film. Yes, you are. Is that battle as epic as I remember? The one, the battle I don't of the know. new It's Death been a while since I've seen Jedi, but I actually... And I'm not probably not going to watch it. I mean, I, honestly, Jedi I, don't, has, I don't... We're talking about clunky dialogue and some clunky uh, scenes, and Jedi has... Has more way, than a few. Way more, yeah. Has more than a few, and, and much worse in terms of... Uh, 
yeah. know, dialogue. I, I, I think, see, my, my issue with that one is I feel like the Death Star was so amazing, and they were like, it's so awesome. Let's just let's bring it back for round two. Huh, guys, let's just open it back up again. Yeah. yeah. We'll get a second one go. So I feel like I'm Wouldn't like, it's it have kind been of, cooler if they didn't build the Death Star or something else? It was something else, yeah. right. Or it was just a different kind of base somewhere else. Because I, I think it's already been done, and it was done more... It was the stakes were so much higher in the first one because that thing mm-hmm. was about to blow up a planet. This one's just kind of like I mean I understand there's other things going on at the time, but there was just something about the Death Star that's just so ominous and terrifying in this first movie that yeah. the this, this one it's like ah oh, it's you know I know it's fully operational but uh, <laughs> by fully it's operational fully armed and at the very least operational they have a, 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 battle <laughs> station at the very least in Return of the Jedi it's incomplete so at least it looks a little different it has a different kind of it does have a nice it. look it's got that big like chunk out of the side it's like just Parts missing and whatnot, but but yeah, I don't know. How operational we're not, could we're not that talking thing about be? Return of the Jedi here. We're talking about Star Wars. I mean, right. I mean, we can. New can you imagine? Can you guys imagine a world where it just it, it's done? This movie comes out, it's popular, and George Lucas says, "No, I have no interest in making any more Star Wars." No, to be honest with you, I can because the first Star Wars totally exists on its own as its own movie. Right. It ends uh, with this big medal ceremony. They get they're getting medals. I mean, it. And 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 I love the story's Empire, over. I love Empire Strikes Back. It's obviously the best in the series. It can't exist without Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. because it, it, it it's it, a set, it ends on a low right. note it, that it, you it, know it, it has to be resolved. It, it, it ends yeah. on a low note and it ends with storylines unfinished, completely right. unfinished. Right. That's what I like about it is that it ends on such a poor like it, I mean it. Yeah, but it, you can't. Would you? Would you? How pissed off would you be if? Oh no! You know you need you need you need a conclusion, but like right. I just I just liked I. That's something I think that stands out about that movie the best is that like you got Luke with with a robot hand figure out who his dad is and Mm -hmm. and the the chick he's been going at. Oh no, he doesn't know that. He doesn't know that's his sister yet. That's right. So he's still working hard there. He's still he's still making his moves. (laughs) Yeah, Um, you're right. Empire couldn't exist without Return of the Jedi, but Star Wars could totally exist on its own. I mean, it could it could just exist. And and just having read again the storybook to my my daughter upstairs. Really, you did that? I haven't heard about that. Yeah, yeah. I keep saying that. Well, it's because I can (laughs) in my in my head I'm thinking like that that just reminds me of something that I was just thinking about, which is on the last page of this. You know those little golden books that you can find in the bookstore. So there, she likes the little golden book version of Star Wars. And at the end of at the end of on the last page it says Luke and his friends were heroes they all got medals from princess leia their adventures were far from over but they knew that the force would be with them always and like you know watching the actual movie i thought the adventure was over you know i didn't yeah. think their adventures were far from over i thought well they blew up the death star they're done, done. everybody wins they're done. Yeah. they well, win um I think Darth Vader does get away. I mean, they don't wrap up that loose end. I do want to touch upon something that you mentioned i think probably the strongest aspect of the film is, and why the prequels suck in comparison is these three disparate characters, Leia, Han, and Luke, start out as people coming from different um, parts of the world who are not really on the same boat. By the end of that movie, at that medal ceremony, when they're smiling at one another, their friendship totally feels true and honest and feels exciting and feels satisfying as a viewer. You're like, yeah, they did become friends, and I wish I could be friends with them. And, and And this is why the prequels suck, is that they keep on talking in the prequels about how Obi-Wan and Anakin are such good friends, but never once you'd be like, hey, those yeah. dudes would hang out they at the bar They never have a moment where you feel like they actually genuinely, like, yeah. But Luke and Han and Leia, yeah. they, they're friends at the end of that They movie. don't talk about being friends. They just, they just they do just, it. They, they just show act. they don't no, tell it. They because act. it's good. They, they, go, they, go through the mo- they go through the experience There's, of I mean, becoming even friends, just, right? and Without even words, <laughs> the, the facial expressions between Luke and Leia and then Leia and Han Solo are just, it's amazing. Like, you know, you can see the coy, like, smiley, winky kind of thing. Why doesn't Chewie get a medal? 
Yeah. It's because he's a Wookiee? Yeah. How racist that is, is that? That's messed up. Racist. It's messed up. It, well, yeah. I think, honestly, it was the hair was an issue. <laughs> I think they were like, what What do we do with this? How, how big is he under there? If we get him a really long thing and, it, and he's like super skinny under all that hair, it's going to droop way low. <laughs> it's a big issue at the time and I think they just wanted to avoid they it only give medals to people who wear pants is what I think the, the issue um, was. Yeah, that's right because he was a nudist he was yeah. walking around with just that yeah. strap around him and it was just there are, uh, unsightly apparently there are rumors that Chewbacca is a woman which I think is a very interesting oh, idea oh uh, oh, come on when, when do they reference I, he's a dude ever in the movie I'm sure a million times isn't he always never you know well, what? We'll go back. I'm sure he's referred to as a sand people, the Tusken Raiders. Are and, they girls or boys? And why is and why is uh, Chewbacca always so defensive of Han, especially when people are getting close to him? Because he's friends. Ah, They're friends. There you go. Because he's in love. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my final thing I want to ask about, and I think this is going to a good closing uh, up conversation, is the Force. The Force. The, this mystical religion that exists throughout the entire Star Wars universe. What are how does the force actually work? No, Ivan. No, no. Because this is the medical no. issue that yes. you have a problem with. I guess my issue is why is the force sometimes always warning characters that people are present, but other times not? Why is the force sometimes? Um, are we talking about just this movie, or are we talking about the series in general? Whole series in general, and it happens in this movie too. When does it not happen? Okay, well, in the prequels, no, Emperor, no, no, no. Emperor the, the, Palpatine is an evil Sith Lord no. that exists in prequels, front of everyone at the again, same time. Again, never happened. Not part of this discussion. <laughs> we can talk about the other three in the trilogy. Okay. Um, so I think this one is pretty reliable. I think it's... it's that, I mean, obviously, I think any the explanation would be that some people could... You, you would probably know, is there a way of cloaking yourself in a way you could probably... Wouldn't Darth you know. Vader know that Luke Skywalker was his son immediately when he enters that ship for the first time? If he, they both have the force I, I think he does, doesn't he? No, he, he senses his Obi-Wan, but he doesn't send his Luke. Well, he, he, he hasn't had the uh, history with his son that he did with, with Obi-Wan Kenobi. And the so thing he, is, they both came on at the same time. It's like he was just lost in the soup of whatever the <laughs> Obi-Wan was just like blasting on board. When why, he why is Leia the progeny of Anakin he does Skywalker? Not, why why doesn't he know? Because he, yeah. didn't have, he didn't raise his kids. He doesn't even, he barely knows that he has. He, but maybe he, he doesn't even know that he has Why is Leia not... Why does Obi-Wan Kenobi not concerned about giving Leia a lightsaber? Because Who wouldn't knows? she have the exact same powers as Luke? Who knows? Right. I, I, I think there's something to do because with Leia. Because that part of the story think, hadn't been developed in 1976. <laughs> I think Leia had more of a dormant... Yeah, again, that was... yeah. That's, Is it that, because she's a woman, Mike? She can't control the Force? Well, no, no. Actually, she's better at hiding it. Women are better at the <laughs> Force because... Yeah, well... Yes. You why wasn't she trained as a Jedi in, on Alderaan? Because well, the same, the same reason why Luke probably wasn't either. But they were, Jimmy they wanted to Smith keep is obviously a big Jedi fan. He likes hey. Jedis. I don't know. This is things that I, I guess they should just remake Star Wars so it falls exactly in line with the prequels. I'm just saying... <laughs> prequels never happened. If I have to say it one more time, I'm going to walk out of here. Okay? It's not the time. Yeah, I, I prefer to why does some people? Why do some people disappear when they're killed? If they're je- if that's they're a question and I, and I think it has to do with if you are part of the force like and you are like well within the you so know. Obi-Wan is so a member of the force yes that and he just as is Yoda it. so that when they die they just they just diffuse into the force whereas Darth Vader did not because he was not fully with the force he was well, a little more at peace but he was still pretty much part of the dark side so Sith, Sith do some do some don't I don't no, know I, I don't, uh, I don't I think, know if any Sith do I don't think I, I think, think it's, it's just a, I think it's just the science fiction version of a, of a samurai of, a, of an old samurai committing you know, seppuku? seppuku, seppuku, I guess, right? You know, allowing himself to be killed so that the other characters can escape. He just happens to disappear. I mean, who, who cares? I mean, it's, whoa. Um, <laughs> I'm, well, I remember being very perplexed by that scene when I first saw it in '97. I remember being like, 
what happened? Where'd he go? Where's he gonna, is he, is he, gonna is come he back? hiding somewhere? I, yeah, no, yeah. I remember thinking, well, I bet he's going to come back in that third act of the yeah. movie. Well, it's a way of giving the scene emotional weight because Luke, I mean, he's gone. He's not coming back. And, and, and I agree. I think it's, 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 you know, but it, but it also, but it also allows kids to watch the scene and not be like completely terrified and horrified. Of a man being, a man being in sliced in half. So, you know, hey, like, if, look, if you can get through the hand at the bar and seeing the, the, the dude's hand get chopped off. Oh, but it's spaghetti, so cool. Though, it's all spaghetti gooey. sauce coming out of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can handle. You no, know, he's a bad guy. Right. And, and yeah. it's just his arm. My friend doesn't like you. I don't, I don't like, like you either. <laughs> is that guy supposed to be an alien or is he just a disfigured know, human? He's got a button mouth, so it's kind of. He's got all kinds of stuff going on, yeah. Anyway, uh, closing out. Um, oh, already? I know. We could go on forever, and I don't want to keep going on forever. I, I think that in, in, in a review of Star Wars, I can't, like, I can nitpick this movie forever. It's still damn good. Yeah. It's still super and, entertaining. And, and our dear listeners, don't mistake this for, you know, derision or anything. We all love this movie. Mm-hmm. It's no, just, and, if we're going to actually just go with that at a critical eye, like, we, you know, this podcast is supposed to do, we well, got to kind of look at it like Yeah, this, and I, I think it's really hard to talk about this movie I, objectively because I like it so much and I had so much fun being in this world as a kid um, and I know Dave feels the same way I mean I played I think there's the I key mean, word maybe there's the key word fun right I mean this movie is really fun I mean the characters look like they're having fun and we're having fun watching them if I, mean, I, I guess my, uh, and, 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 and that's like that's, a, that's a hard needle to thread right I mean it's like it's it's a, a word. I mean you can have fun watching a movie <laughs> the characters don't necessarily look like they're having fun like say in the Matrix I mean they don't necessarily look like they're having that much fun in the Matrix it's a movie but that, it's still a, a fun movie it's a movie that you would watch and then on the playground you pretend to be Luke Skywalker did Skywalk either of you guys so build a lightsaber by chance no but I built spaceships before there was Lego Star Wars that's not the Legos. answer the question Dave I just please have the plas- I just have the plastic one okay. that flung out I'm just curious yeah. because, I, uh, I, def- I definitely did I definitely did and it wasn't cool at the time I was going to use a broom handle I did too. I, I, I a bunch of lightsaber. I grew yeah, up yeah. in a cardboard box. All I had was <laughs> um, so that was sad. Um, <laughs> I went weird places. Um, so always does. Uh, you know, in 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 rewatching this movie, I can't not be excited for the the new film coming out. At the same time, well, I, the buzz is good. So we buzz is good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Patton Oswalt, one of the yes. biggest Star Wars nerds out there, yeah. with tons of nerd cred. I, to honestly, his I can't credit, yeah. I can't envision a universe where this movie is bad. I yeah. I, yeah. Just because. There has been after the prequels exist, and there's been so much. <laughs> oh my god, people would stop going to the movies. If it's like sometimes bad. you need to hit rock bottom before you can pull yourself yeah. up. No, seriously, and, I, I, I honestly, even someone like J.J. Abrams who has a lot of clout in Hollywood, I'm sure he showed that script to a billion people. I'm like, please don't let me screw please, this up. Please, no, please honestly, be honest. Yeah, tell me if this is good or not. Right. Um, let's cast a diverse cast. Let's make sure things look real again. Mm-hmm, let's yeah. uh, let's bring back practical effects in addition to CGI. Right. Let, let's, let's make sure it's fun. And I mean, let's that, make sure thing, it's fun. Right. I mean, I, I think that's the thing the prequels were missing that the originals had. So um, going in, Mike, are you, when, are you, when are you seeing uh, Force Awakens? <sighs> it's not until Sunday. Uh, we're going to see it on, on Thursday night. The only seats left were like right in front of the oh, screen. And I said, like, I, I want my first, yeah, I want this to be a special occasion. I don't want to have a neck cramp all the way through the movie. So I'm seeing it with my dad on Sunday in Pittsburgh, Good just like you. I saw the first one. Nice. And Same I, theater? Not, no, that doesn't exist. Oh. <laughs> of course. Oh. So Warner Theater, downtown Pittsburgh. All right, fair I'm not seeing enough. this until next week, guys. I got tickets in the middle of the week. I will be seeing it then. I figure yeah. I'll wait till. 
Um, no, I'm going to go to the Arclight because I prefer yeah. it. But, Ooh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, good. The iPick is a good theater as well. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see this movie. Um, I think it's going to deliver, and I hope it brings back the magic. And I hope now that my son now is going to have a Star Wars trilogy oh, that's yeah. going to be his trilogy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he's going to for it. Yeah. It's going to be one of his generation, which I think is very, very cool. Julia um, already has been talking. She wants to. I told her there's a new. She saw, she's been talking about we, it? Well, you I have, tell I us have the little BB-8 toy. And she, so she knows BB-8, the, the new droid, and, and she which, by the to, way, he has like the cutest voice yeah. ever. I know. Have you ever heard it's from a the fun trailer? toy. I mean, that's when I that's oh, the toy, yeah. My and expectations the fact that were, you know, they were they were pulled up a little bit when I saw the just the construct. Like, oh, is this a fun little? The fact that it's actually a practical robot that it does that. When I saw the trailer, I'm like, that's stupid. Cause it wouldn't like I didn't think it was actually stupid. But I'm saying that, that sucks because it doesn't actually work. It wouldn't, yeah. but it does. But it, it works. works. It actually it literally works. Yeah. So she knows that, and so she says, "Is he in Star Wars?" I'm like, "He's actually in a new." Star Wars and so now she's saying when is the new Star Wars when is the new Star Wars I'm like oh god <laughs> I'm asking <laughs> the same to thing imagine sit, keeping yeah. her sitting still in a seat watching a movie uh, we'll see luck. one day um, Mike uh, where can people find you on the internet uh, you can find me at um, MikeMirandi.com on Twitter at MikeMirandi and on Dribble. that's Dribble with three B's not two Dribble.com slash MikeMirandi David where can people find you? On Twitter, Dave Glanz, G-L-A-N-Z, DaveGlanzProductions.com. And you can find me at Lucky9Studios.com. Uh, that's my website. I write and edit for a website called ShortOfTheWeek.com. Dot com. We just had a, <laughs> we just released our top picks for the shorts of 2015. So if you're interested in watching the best of the year, you can head over there right now. Um, and for this episode, if you have comments about Star Wars and how, what it means to you and whatnot and what you think about these new films coming out, you can email write in, us. Write it in the comments. Right on, iTunes, on iTunes. Subscribe. <laughs> Subscribe. Oh, yeah. Like this video. <laughs> Whatever. You can email us at contact at reviewpodcast.com and like us at Facebook at facebook.com slash reviewed podcast. And be sure, as Mike said, in a derisive voice, be sure to subscribe. It's kind of nice. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Jokes aside, We please. actually do really enjoy it, even though Mike's being a dick. So <laughs> that being said, until next time, uh, can uh, I'll, I'll turn down my levels here a little bit. Can we all try to do a Chewbacca? A chewy. Right? I knew you were going to do it. Nope, no, I don't know. <laughs> I like that. That's good. You started us out that way because you cannot possibly get worse than that. Yeah. No, no, no. I can't. <laughs> I can do that. This is, this is the wrong guy. Okay, bye. A menacing figure cloaked in black invades the rebel ship. It is the Imperial Commander Darth Vader. He wants the Death Star plans back. Why? Because that's where he lives. Can I see a droid? Nope, he's a man with a mask. But I can see how you would think that. Because you can't see his face, right? Why can't he see? He has the mask on. The helmet. And the helmet, yes. Why the mask? This is the mask, and then the helmet is on top. Exciting and when adventures. were his teeth? Uh, inside the mask. Inside a mask? What do you think he likes to eat? Maybe. Darth Vader. I think he likes to be eat macaroni and cheese for dinner. <laughs> Darth Vader likes macaroni and cheese? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs>